0: Fan. believe it or not the power trip is heading back to vegas march 22nd through the 25th thanks to coors light and you can join them go to kfan.com keyword calendar to get your travel package before they are gone
1: It is indeed a time to chat with uh, Johnny Athletic. He's on the Connecticut Water Systems Hotline. Louie in studio at uh, about 5.15 today. Maybe sometimes he comes in for the top five. That's also a possibility. Can't wait to see him. Just cannot wait. It's barely snowing out there now. Looks to me like it's lightened up uh, considerably. Uh, Johnny, what's the, um, what are the current conditions in your location?
2: Yeah, it's up a little bit i i have shoveled three times already Whoa. today. great exercise but uh don't recommend uh going out on and hitting the roads i was going to come in of course Dan, of course you, you and and spend some time but yeah. you just the, the roads right now they just can't happen not Can, going to be the day
1: happen. all right yeah. let's get uh some good emails have come in wolves related we'll talk plenty of vikings with johnny as well maybe some gophers maybe some pj fleck uh, but I do want to start with the very latest we understand regarding Carl Anthony Towns, who was injured during the Wizards' debacle yesterday, last night.
2: Right. So the the here's the thing, Dan. Watching it happen last night, I have seen Carl Anthony Towns fall to the floor a thousand times <laughs> in his career yes. uh, since he's been here. We often see him go down and... Really show that he 's hurting and make some make you know make some uh, a, a show of it a little bit and and so when he went down when he had turned and looked at his ankle or at his at his calf and then fell to the floor and was very quiet and I could see it on his face, even watching on t v that this was different i thought he was I thought it was an Achilles tendon, and I thought he was done quite honestly, it really looked different. there were a lot of people. Within the organization, that were immediately worried about that. The good news is he had an MRI today. It revealed no structural damage to the Achilles. It was all a calf strain, but he is going to miss at least a month with that injury. The calf strains are no joke. They are. They do take a while sometimes. And so the Wolves are going to be without their most reliable and consistent player, even though one that has struggled shooting and, and is trying to find his way with this new back, uh, front court. Um, but they're going to be without him for a while. And for a team that is really struggling offensively um, due to do, you know, find an identity, it's a really big blow. So they're going to have to buckle their chin straps. It's going to
1: be tough here. So what is the lineup? Likely to look like. What do you? How do you expect um, the the head coach Finchy to to attempt to compensate or or adjust from a lineup standpoint?
2: Yeah, my my guess is Dan that Finch will start at least with Kyle Anderson at the four. Um, he is their most reliable, healthy player at that option. Uh, very consistent, knows what to do defensively. A good playmaker. Not much of a shooter, though. So no. if you put him and Rudy together, that is a problem um, sometimes in terms of spacing. They will have to get creative with that. He also has Reid, who has a little bit more of a shooting element to him, but the, the mixture of, of Naz and Rudy in the front court, the mixture of Naz and Kat in the front court has not been great uh, so far either this year and then, and then historically with Naz and Kat. So that's imperfect. They have recently called up Luca Garza. From Iowa, I don't expect him to be immediately in the rotation. But one thing that this kid can do is shoot the heck out of the ball. So if they get desperate and they just can't get any space any other way, maybe they give him a little bit of run. But I think you're going to see a lot of Kyle Anderson at the four to start. They looked really good at the start of the third quarter last night with him in the lineup. We'll just see uh, see if that uh, is the case. But that's my betting. Uh, lying on that.
1: Is there a chance that the defense gets better?
2: Yeah. Yes, there is. Um, because here, he, this will be an interesting thing. Um, I do think that a lot of the cat haters out there are going <laughs> to be having some cold water splashed on their face when they see how difficult it is offensively yep. for this team. But this is going to now return to a more quote-unquote conventional Lineup construction and one thing being in that locker room uh, Over the past over this whole season really and and talking to players about it. There has been a Kind of confusion and maybe even a little bit of a frustration from the guards and wings About playing with two bigs and about how that hurts them in transition defense and how difficult it is to cover up for the slower-footed guys getting back And certainly Carl Anthony Towns had a heck of a time guarding fours in the half court as well. So I do think it is entirely possible that they will play better defense and maybe be even a little more organized or have a little bit more of an identity offensively, even if they're going to be much shorter on the firepower that without Carl Anthony Towns. So defensively, they might be a little bit better. Offensively, it's going to be a really difficult I,
1: prospect. That's, the way, that's exactly why I look at it offensively. I don't think we uh, even can begin to understand how much, even with, like you said, the frustrations that I think were rightly there sometimes with Cat, uh, what it's going to look like offensively. And I think the bigger issue, what makes it even more daunting, more generally, is if you buy the notion that this grand experiment is still, you know, worth pursuing. And quite frankly, they don't have any way out of it, I don't believe, at this moment. Um, and that it's, it's, it's still a matter of finding how it can work better together, finding some sort of magical formula or, el- or elixir or maybe a couple of breakthrough games. They're not out there again for another month together. That, to me, is another very daunting part of this thing because, let's face it, When they made this move, they made it with the intention that the the, the best form of the Minnesota Timberwolves in 2022-23 was going to be with those two players on the court together. And now they are missing another month to try to figure it out, if it's figure-outable.
2: Yeah, that's a great way to put it, Dan. I'll even go a little step further here because one of the keys right now with the Timberwolves is that Carl Anthony Towns has been – the player on this roster that I think is can be best characterized as most open-minded about Rudy Gobert, about the way that this thing can work with the two of them together, and he has led the Wolves in assists to Rudy Gobert. He's the one who passes to Rudy Gobert. He's the one who involves him in the actions, more so than D'Angelo Russell, more so than Anthony Edwards, more so than anyone else. And so without Cat there... What does this offense look like? Does you know what what you know? What does Rudy get out of this, and and how do they go forward? Because Cat um, was the one when Rudy was clearly had a, a, a frustration with not getting the ball or was getting mismatches down low. Cat was the one that was throwing it to him, and I think that some of the other players have not yet figured out how to play with Rudy. And so not only do you not get the chance for Cat and Rudy to play together and to continue to build chemistry and figure, or, and figure things out that way, but Rudy's biggest ally in that offense is now gone. And so what does that turn this whole thing into?
1: Um, I'm going to read you an email that came in. I, I, I think it's from Janet, although sometimes the email address is just being used by another person. I'll just go with Janet. No okay. last name necessary, just to, to try to personalize it a little bit. And the subject line on this is reads as follows: Timberwolves. I just can't anymore. Mm-hmm. And then there's the body of the email itself with a series of phrases. I think you'll understand fairly quickly where this individual is going. Mm-hmm. I just have to play better. Time to adjust. I will take the blame. Slow start. Bad third quarter. Poor transition defense. No energy. No effort. Too young get off your lazy asses, stop booing. All those has led this individual to say, I just can't anymore. Um, I can't blame that individual. What would you say if you had a chance to talk to that person? Yeah, I mean, I I would
2: say I totally understand that frustration right now. Um, This has quickly morphed from a team last season that was very easy to root for, very fun to watch, that clearly had a chemistry and a continuity that played very hard. And even with some of the real limitations that they had, it was an exciting team to watch and to feel good about rooting for because of how hard they worked and because of how much it meant to them. And this team has been very difficult to watch because there have been real questions for many games, about how hard they work, about how much effort and intensity they're playing with, about how badly they want it. And to me, that is always the easiest um, thing for a fan to latch onto, positively or negatively. If a team really is banded together and bust in, and bust in their butts, and maybe they're not even winning all the time, but uh, but you you know that you're getting their best effort every night. That that is an easy team for fans to get behind. This team plays very slow. They have all sorts of mental errors, all of those things, and so you watch it and it's a hard watch. Like it's it it's ugly to look at this team and feel like it, it's worth like really investing in. What I will say finally is it is still young in this whole grand experiment. We're 21 games in. I know people don't want to hear that, but I do think that there is some patience that does need to be exercised, and it's okay to tune out for a while and maybe come back in 10, 15 games and see if things have changed a little bit more um, for the better, But, um, but I don't think that... This is something that is unsalvageable. I do think that they have a lot of talent and that they can figure things out. But right now, there's no disputing. It's really, really a a hard team to
1: watch play basketball. You can't, uh, like I said, that's what I said earlier, is I'm not ready to surrender. No. But I understand the concerns, and it has not. and, and, And you hit on the key part of this that I can't accept, and it does make me wonder where this is headed, the effort part, the 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 attention and dedication, the commitment to detail, because those things make no sense to me. Un- being unserious after last season makes no sense to me. I can live with scheme issues, putting pieces together, finding out who does what best with which group of players. I, I, those I I can accept. I it's the other stuff that I think has made this so daunting and made I think a lot of us wonder whether we're going to end up eating our words about where this thing might be headed. Um, What was I going to get to? I had one other thing. Oh, you know, I was going to say it's early, but now we're 20 games in. So teams are starting to get an idea of sort of, all right, where they are. Again, you know, there are many teams that probably shouldn't panic and need to let things play out. But my point is, um, are we sniffing around for any deals right now? I mean, do you think? We're being active in that regard. Do you think there's a decent chance that something's going to happen by, let's say, mid-January that might be considered significant? You know what I'm really asking? I'm asking if D'Angelo Russell is going to be with this team the second half of the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think right now the team has wants to give every possible chance for D'Lo and for this offense and for this team in general to figure things out now right now it's easy for them to say that we're being patient and we're not panicking because no teams are making any trades right now. Like, that's just the, the the calendar of the NBA. There's very little dealings before the middle of December, even, you know, and then really, like you said, mid-January to February is where the deal-making really picks up. So I still think that the Wolves have some time to really look at this and, and make their final decisions, but I would say that – you. Know, yeah, the the way that the team is playing right now, there's you would be silly not to be looking at other options. They have to be, not just with D'Angelo Russell, but just with their 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 whole team right now in finding some sort of guts, finding some sort of. Um, you know, fire in the belly and, and leadership. They have a leadership void right now, Dan. But here's the other thing: they have a following void. Like none of these guys want to be led. It seems like, um, and so when some people step up, what is that? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa to, stop!
1: They, uh, that's an interesting way to put it. What do you mean specifically by that? They don't so want to follow.
2: Yeah, the, the sense that I get is that. Number one, there's not the natural leader on the team. There is not that Pat Beverly right now that really just gravitates to it. I think Anthony Edwards will be that guy. He's just too young. And, and, but it's just right now. So they don't have that. But when people do try to stand up and kind of hold the accountability, Torian Prince is one of them. I think Austin Rivers is trying to be one of those guys. Um, I, I don't get the sense that there is a belief inside the locker room that people are listening Um. and taking it to heart. Like if someone calls you out for not doing something, it's on you to receive that information and do something about it. And there does not seem to be that kind of back and forth that acknowledges, hey, we're coming up short right now and I've got to do something differently and and so i think that's a big big deal right now that they are facing and trying to just organize this team and get it together.
1: Yeah, that's that's that says a lot right there and it's it's very concerning and you know one of the things that uh, can be an impediment to being a leader is are you on the court enough? Yes. Uh do you play well enough consistently enough that you're going to have a better chance to be listened to because uh, forget basketball in any sport, I think that's an element of it. I mean, we, we talked about having guys who are considered good in the clubhouse or good in the locker room, and they can be helpful, but I still think that's limited if those players are not out there toiling in relatively successful fashion, don't you think?
2: It's a great point. I, I honestly think that the, right now, because they are all struggling so much, it's easy for if player A goes to player B and says, hey, man, we need you to do this. Player B can say, well, wait, you're not doing this. Right. And, and so there's kind of like it's more finger-pointing than like real constructive conversation. I'll be honest. I think that's a big problem for Rudy right now. Rudy I, is the smartest player on this team by a pretty wide margin. Um, he knows what it takes to win. Uh, he knows what needs to happen for the team, especially defensively, to play a lot better. But he it can't catch a ball right now. Yeah. He's turning the ball over. He's getting beaten to the glass in, in key moments. He's, not, he's blocking like half as many shots as he normally does. And so it's very hard for him to kind of put his foot down and be demanding of his teammates when he is not be, playing well enough to gain their respect that way. And, you know, this is all going to make it sound like the Timberwolves locker room is a total of mess, and, and, and everyone hates each other. That's not the case at all. I really don't believe that. I think that the guys generally are getting along. They just don't know how to communicate with each other effectively enough to bring the best out of each other. That was something that Beverly did very, very well last year for, the, for the, at least the first three or four months of the season, and they have not found a suitable replacement for that and and someone that is able to command a room right now no one commands that room and that's a problem
1: uh let's get a pause in and prepare to talk a lot more about the minnesota vikings maybe some other uh, controversies including pj fleck johnny athletic is with us for a second segment luigi will be with us in the five o'clock hour of the broadcast but let's talk purple as we did with kevin seaford earlier let's get back to that subject i got a couple of juicy questions for johnny in fact i even want i'm going to challenge him to tell us what he thinks vikings are nine and two what does he think on the basis of the schedule what's the games left what record are the minnesota vikings going to end up with in 2022 because it looks to me like it's got a chance to be a pretty fat one that's next here in the fan purple pride purple pride A couple people ask whether we will be naming this Snow Nami. Uh, we will tomorrow. We're going to let it breathe a little bit. If you have Snow Nami name nominations, please pass them along to me via the Bradshaw and Brian inbox, booth at cafe.n.com, or via Twitter, Dan Barrero Cafe. And Snow Nami name nominations. It'll be the first, I think, Snow Nami we will have named for the winter of 2022 slash twenty. Three Johnny Athletic is back on the Connecticut Water Systems Hotline. Your uh, Minnesota Vikings improve to 9-2 and two Thursday night, Thanksgiving night. Um, I want to start with the schedule the rest of the way. We play – well, let, let's just do this game by game. We do this. We play this game when the schedule comes out, and it seems kind of silly. Now, I don't think it's quite as silly because we've got 11 games – in the books, mm-hmm. and we've got, if I'm doing the math right, we've got six games left to go, right, because we're playing 17? Yes. Okay. So, Jets at home on, uh, at high noon this Friday, win or loss for the Vikings? Uh, I, the, the
2: Jets are super frisky right now, yes. especially with the new quarterback, but if you're a really good team, you should win that game. And, right. and so I'm going to pick them to win.
1: Ten and two. Mm-hmm. At Detroit on the 11th of December.
2: Another sneaky one, but um, I think Detroit is going to eventually do something to Detroit that game and so <laughs> 11 and 2.
1: <laughs> 11 and 2. Then we on the 18th we host the Colts. Oh, Got to be a victory, Saturday doesn't it?
2: Kevin O'Connell, are you kidding me? Mismatch? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's it, it, the mismatch of all mismatches. So yeah, take the purple.
1: 12 and 2. Following week Christmas Eve, we host the New York Giants. Sneaky one. Again, Giants playing well, but are they really that good? And you're playing them here.
2: I think I think reality is going to set in a little bit at that moment for the Giants, and they're going to all be wishing that they were home open and gifts with their kids. And so we're at, what, 13-2 and two now?
1: 13-2 and two after we beat the Giants, according to Johnny Athletic. Our finals, the next one on New Year's Day, 325 start. We are at Green Bay. Um... First of all, will Aaron Rodgers still be the quarterback of the exactly. Packers that day? That's one question, and the other is who wins.
2: Well, I mean, maybe you want Jordan Love. Did you see a couple of those passes?
1: Well, Chris, Chris Collinsworth was ready to spoon with him after oh, like two my throws.
2: Goodness, Dan. and I, I, so I have to pick them to lose at least one game. Don't okay, I, the rest of the way. You hey, don't have,
1: to, have to. to. It's up to you.
2: Yeah. So maybe I take. You know what? I'm gonna. Uh, yeah. Yes, I'll I'll take them to lose in Green Bay. Okay. Um. So
1: thirteen and three. Thirteen and three, and then we wrap up on the eighth of January at Chicago Monsters of the Midway. They've traded away the what what good defensive players, yes. what good players they had on defense that they haven't traded away are now shelved for the rest of the season, put on the injury list. So I don't even know if the Bears will have a full contingent of a team by then but it is in Chicago which has been a very tricky place historically for the Vikings to play are you picking the upset
2: well here i will i will do it with a caveat um if the game means anything for mm-hmm. speeding for anything like that yeah, i'll take the tricky. purple to win right. if it's a nick mullen special and 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 we're you know we're folding up the tents and just making sure no one gets hurt then i think chicago can do something and then and, and pull it out just because the vikings hearts aren't in it but if i would assume that seating would be in play at that point so i will take the purple to win
1: so 14 and 3 sounds crazy doesn't it it's insane but it doesn't feel anywhere near as insane now as obviously it did when the schedule yeah. came out cuz there's 11 the, the records the record they are at this point 9 and 2 now that's the next issue to get to um i'm watching i don't remember i think it was espn and they're laying i might not even been after the uh the Monday night game, and they're laying out, all right, who are, we, you know, who, are we, who are we intrigued by in the National Football Conference and in the context of teams that we think really have to be at the top of the list when it comes to making a legitimate Super Bowl run. And I saw them talk about and name the Philadelphia Eagles. I saw them talk about and name the Dallas Cowboys. I saw them talk about and rave about the San Francisco 49ers, and it stopped there. So is that the pecking order that is fair to the Vikings? Is it the pecking order that, whether it's fair or not, you think they're stuck with on the basis of getting getting blown out a couple of times against good teams? Uh, what, what, what do you make of that? Is that, is that sort of what the, the condition this club is in at this point nationally?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I honestly would like to... Stomp my foot and say no one's respecting us, and how can you know they're looking past us and all of those things? But I understand why the national pundits believe that the uh, the three teams that you uh, that you already mentioned above the Vikings are considered more of threats in the NFC to to come out of it. I mean that forty to three is going to stick with people as it should. Um, You know the Vikings point differential. The way that they play, uh, it, it is conducive to unconvincing wins. And that's what the Vikings have done. To their credit, they have a lot of wins. Um, but a lot of them have been of the unconvincing variety. And then you do look at the, the, the rest of their schedule and, and, and who they have to play. Will there be any really convincing wins for them to have to get the national people to pay, to pay attention to them, to take notice, to take them seriously, I don't think so. I think it's going that, that validation is going to have to come in the playoffs because maybe a win against the Jets at home um, would be a good one, and I think it, I actually do think it would be. I could see them losing that game as well, but um, but there, there, there just isn't going to be that statement game that Michigan Ohio State win type of a situation that is going to grab people's attention, just given the way the schedule is sh- is shaking out and given how they have performed to this point. And so um, I think that those doubts are going to remain all the way up. Maybe we could be getting to the Super Bowl, and then, ah, are the Vikings that yeah. good? Can they, can they do it? I think that's a, that's a realistic scenario.
1: What's interesting is I'm looking at the Eagles schedule and obviously we have to finish ahead of them. That's the, that's the rub. If we end up with the same record, they get, they would get the seed over us. But their schedule looks to me a lot more daunting than ours that we just laid out. They host Tennessee. Sneaky team. You know, I mean, they're capable. Yep. It's a good, solid club. Yep. They don't blow anybody's doors off, but they mess with you. coach. Exactly. Yep. Then they go to New York to play the Giants. Mm-hmm. Then they go to to Chicago. I got to like their chances there. But then they have to go to Dallas on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Then they host New Orleans. And then they host the Giants to wrap it up. That's to me a lot more challenging schedule on paper. Now again, you got to gain two games on them, not one. That's the uh, that's the rub for the purple.
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, it could just come down to a numbers game. Um, and hey, but if if it does, Dan, if it gets down to that, and and the Vikings are the two seed instead of the one, considering that I picked them to go nine and eight at the start of this season. You feel really good about that. Yes. You're going to get a home game, right? Yes. You're going you're to have a chance to, to to do things on your terms and, and handle your business. So they should feel all very good about that, even if the, the one seed does not happen. But like you said, you can see a scenario where the Eagles drop a couple of games and, and the Vikings keep going and, and leapfrog them. I could also see a scenario where the Vikings... Lose to the Jets and the and the Lions, and now they're in the meat grinder a little bit more. That's the way that this NFL season has it shakes out. But I do think that the more likely scenario is is, is a two seed for for Minnesota, which would be pretty darn good.
1: Uh, by the way, right now at the season ended today. We're we're a two. We would play seven, correct? And I think right, that's I right. believe yeah. that's it. And that right now that's the uh, the Commanders, the Washington <laughs> Commanders. So we, you know, Heineke would get a second shot at us. Uh, we would be hosting them. That's kind of interesting. Um, Last quick item, do you want to use this opportunity to um, apologize to P.J. Fleck? Because you are one of those media jackals. He didn't name them, but he looked at them. Um, And so I'm wondering if he meant it for you in addition to several others who, after the Gophers lost to Iowa, demanded his dismissal as head coach. Uh, do you feel bad about that? Do you think it was a little bit premature, given what we went and did in Madison, Wisconsin?
2: I do. Yes, I, I'm definitely one of those knee jerk uh, r- reporter jackals that called for his head after Iowa and said, "Blow it all up. Let's start over. Let's <laughs> go find the next Tim Brewster and do it." And and then to have them circle the wagons and get to Madison and win the way that they did. Now I want to build a statue for him. And 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 really, can we sign him to another ten year? contract extension off of off of that win that's the way that i feel but uh
1: okay as long as as I, i i'm glad you're willing at least to acknowledge at this
2: point i am but as you know maybe not a lot of people know i am a flat guy i think he does a very good job here i think he's built a really nice program um i i just wish he would not have said what he said after the wisconsin game it 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 takes away from that win and it makes him look a little uh insecure which is never a good look but a lot of these coaches do that uh but it, that definitely when i looked at as it, like come on pj just like you you got to be better than that
1: you'll never i don't think he'll ever have i don't care if he's here another 30 years he'll never have a better chance to win a division than he yeah. did this year and that's that's got to be part of the story uh, eight wins is eight wins yeah but we're not leaving out the rest of it uh, given the weakness within the division and allegedly this was supposed to be our time Right. Because everybody else has found a way to take advantage when they're hot, when they're ready to rise up. And we were supposed to be ready to rise up and we failed to do so. Um, On that note, I'll wave to you from um, the beautiful people seats on Sunday if you're going to the Jets game, because I'll be there. You're in. But I'm in. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to lower myself to be with the media jackals. Not with the unwashed. No, definitely not with the unwashed. I will be in the uh, one of the beautiful people's suites, the wow. iHeart Suite with the family. So I'll try to wave to you at least.
2: A- amazing. I mean, yeah, just just a wave. Maybe we'll just send a text with a selfie ah, of you okay. and, and, and the family. Okay. Just to make me feel a little included. I mean, I haven't gotten any invites to any of these swanky parties you hold any that's lately, so um, I'll, uh, I'll take that
1: that's and, a and really happy with it. That's a really good point. I've always forget about We always forget about you. I don't know how. Well, I mean, you know, like
2: that happens. Yeah, so. you're,
1: you're, you're used to that, though, aren't you? No, I
2: just, yeah. I, like always, I just show up when you tell me to, whenever you tell me to. Thanks, so that's, Johnny. That's all I can do.
1: John Krasinski, we call him Johnny Athletic on the Connecticut Water Systems Hotline. Luigi is scheduled for the 5 o'clock hour of the show. I have a whopper of a a done-as-a-society item that I've been saving, and this just might be the time to jump on it. Time now for the Vikings report on The Fan, presented by Blue Moon Brewing Company. Made brighter, one of a kind, every time. Patrick Peterson talks with Barrero next, after this, from Blue Moon. On The Fan.
0: Check out the Friday football feast this week. Buffalo Wild Wings Chanhazen. Doors open at 8 o'clock ahead of the live 9 the noon broadcast with PA in charge and the cast of thousands. Find a full list of dates and locations on KFAN.com. Make the keyword events.
1: Is the rumor true that we played the U.S., meaning we in soccer World Cup, we beat Iran 1-0, 1-0 today. We play... In the round of 16, the Netherlands on Saturday, 8 a.m. Central. Is Sat- that correct?
0: Saturday morning.
1: That's my information. Yes. Right sir. here on the fan, right? Uh, not on the oh, fan. No. That's
0: in the zone time. Oh, you we, don't mess, with in you mess within the no, zone you time. You can't mess within the with zone Carl time. Especially with Carl Hurt now and the Packers imploding. It's Trenton double T. This is the end. My
1: only friend, the end the date today today is the 29th 29th so this is this is a week over a week old but i i think we will be we would have been remiss if at some point we didn't get to it here's your headline startTribune.com. night sky advocates Worry Minneapolis's ambitious street lighting program will further dim the stars. Excuse me? When I saw the head, I thought it was. I wasn't at com. I was at onion.com. Let me read you the headline again. Night sky advocates worry Minneapolis's ambitious street lighting program will further dim the stars. There's a part of me that says, I don't need to go any further. It's a done-as. It speaks for itself. Why even bother? We got no chance. But probably worth fleshing out a couple of the details in the next several minutes. It's a James Walsh story. He writes this. It's dark in the mornings when Lenise Lani- Hunter heads to classes at Minneapolis's Patrick Henry High School. Dark and scary, too when she returns home after basketball practice at night. Pretty uncomfortable, she says. Sometimes you'll be walking and there are dark shadows. You don't know who's there. This is, she's a 12th grader, by the way, of walking to and from the bus stop. You always have to be on guard. A proposal by Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry for $9 million in lighting upgrades to improve public safety has prompted a community discussion with Lenise and others hoping for brighter streets. Fry's plan would address a backlog in repairs, upgrade existing lights, and add new lampposts. The city also aims to use more LED lights, which the mayor said are higher quality and more sustainable. And right about now you're going, makes a lot of sense. Um, doesn't necessarily solve every crime-related issue. But we've talked about there is no one miracle salve here. So you just, you take your best shot using a lot of different methods and a lot of different ideas and you put them together and you say greater light might be helpful. And often accompanying that greater light is then if you have cameras, there's a greater chance that the lights or the cameras can capture something where there's evil intent, where people are doing bad things, correct? And might make it easier for law enforcement to get to the bottom of it. Might even discourage that unlawful activity, right? I mean, what's not to like about makes some sense? all of this? Then we get to where it turns onion-like. Night sky advocates worry that removing the shadows not only obscure the stars... But also contribute to public health issues and climate change. We have no chance if we're going to be serious about these sorts of issues. If we allow this sort of nonsense to creep in, we've got none. We just got no, no chance. the 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 notion the, the night sky. Look, are you a night sky advocate? I. Yes, I'm not, because I hadn't thought about this. I I think all things being equal. I mean, if you go far away from the big city, and this is very easy to see in vacation locations where there aren't, aren't lots of lights, and there aren't lots of lights from big cities, and you go, wow. The stars are really much more vivid out here. We can see a lot more. Yeah. And it's cool. North Shore, I get that a lot when we go up there. And it's wonderful. It's beautiful. But I don't know how to break it to you. If you're a night sky advocate, move. Seriously, move. Big cities are not conducive to you getting aroused by seeing over everything you want to see in the night sky. You're going to have to get over it. There are bigger issues that are affecting people day to day than your ability to look up and find is it Cassiopeia? Probably Any one of those them. constellations. Go in the countryside. Stop injecting yourself in this nonsense. Or more importantly, we have to stop giving individual groups like this oxygen in this case. As city uh, uh, officials explore where and how to shine more light on Minneapolis streets, one uh, night sky advocate said he hopes his group will be part of the conversation. Things like shielding fixtures to direct light downward and using a softer yellow light instead of glaring blue LEDs can do much to mitigate, mitigate light pollution. I, I, honest to God, I don't know what world you're living in. This isn't a fantasy World. This isn't a, a book you're reading out of. This, art, this isn't about pretty pictures. This is about, and you want to talk about self-absorbed? Get outside your comfort zone. If officials, look, I'm not a great light mind. So if there are certain kinds of light that might be classified as more, whatever that, that means, if I say ecologically responsible, fine, go for it. Light downward as opposed to up. Well, to me, the key on light is bringing more light to the areas that are too dark that might discourage bad activity and might people might uh, give people like this 12th grade girl a chance to feel a little bit more, a little safer, a little bit more confident about. Now it, I can see that wasn't a person it was a it was a shadow but it look i was worried that there might be a person there now it's light enough on this particular route i can see that there's nobody there light pollution sorry in the city or in metropolitan areas i don't know that there's much way around it when there where there's a great concentration of population other issues like mitigating crime are going to take precedence Over you being able to point out, with a pointer, the constellations. Going to have to move on. Going to have to get over it. Again, I'm not a great light mind. Some strategies in terms of using these lights might be better than others. I get all of that. All of that should be part of the conversation. Fourth uh, Ward um, city council member. Latricia, is it pronounced Vita, V-E-T-A-W? She represents the fourth ward on Minneapolis's north side. She's quoted in this piece. I understand their concern talking about the, how do I call them, night sky advocates. But I understand the concerns of my constituents. In my ward, I'm just trying to get LED. My ward is asking for brightness. We have some places where we have no light poles at all. Stop the madness please seriously move to the country just take videos when you're on vacation where when you go to locations where there isn't a, you know there aren't the bright lights that one associates with a, a a larger metropolitan area and stop stop getting in the way of ordinary citizens asking people to just take the 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 doable steps, not necessarily that this is going to change everything or fix everything from a crime standpoint, but that might bring greater peace of mind and even a greater sense of security as well. What a joke. So Um, you don't consider yourself a night sky advocate? Yeah. When I'm away from the city, I have I have accepted the trade off. I'm going to, if I want to enjoy all the aspects I do of living in a major metropolitan area, I'm going to have to accept that my night sky experience is not going to be ideal. Most adults have done that. Night sky advocate. It's the best. It's,
0: it's as good as it gets. Have you met my husband? He's a night sky advocate. Introducing him to holiday parties. It's so good. we got no chance. Uh, top five will include what? It will include... It, Speaking of darkness, the winter sports teams, the basketball teams, we will uh, give you an update on what happened with them. We've got some all big 10 stuff that got dropped today. And um, give me an update on a Vikings show tonight. If you are a Vikings country advocate, oh. you're going to have to skip a week.
1: I don't even understand why the snow has stopped. Snow over, but the decision has already been made. It's already been made. Muss is with you. All right. Uh, Guardzi will give you details on all of that, and then we'll prepare for Luigi.